Hey, Griffin here. All these murders are made up. They're not real-life murders. That would be a weird thing for us to do. Take it away, song! I'm Griffin. Steve. This is Killed to Death. And we all solve murders for you. It's summertime. We've all got summertime sadness, and nothing gives us more sadness than getting burned. The sun can sp- yeah. can spoil us with its hot, hot rays. And insults. Yes. And sometimes the sun acts as a pseudo-Jeff Ross, and everyone out here is getting burned. So what we have for you is a couple of, um, hot tips for your hot body when it's too hot and too burnt. This is sun- how to help sunburn. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, it is called aloe, and I've never fully understood what it is, whether it's a cream or a straight-up plant. Uh, it comes from a plant. Or if you, like, drink it. And you Oh, you drink it. Okay. I think you put the plant in a smoothie. You blend it up. It. You blend it up. Yeah. Just so, the plant. <clears throat> first, uh, then, in that case, once you get a sunburn, you're going to want to buy some aloe seeds so mm-hmm. you can start your growing journey. You know what? Maybe start growing it before you get the burn. Start growing it in winter. Well, yeah, but then that's a waste if you don't end up getting the burn. I would say wait until you get sunburned. Or sell it. Go buy aloe seeds, plant them in a pot, uh, have a little, not distillery, what is it, for weed. Grow up. Distillery. For your aloe. Uh, let it ferment. Add in some yeast, add in some hops, blend it up in a smoothie. And then drink it. And then drink it. And that should help. Yeah. Steve, sunburn tip? Um, you're going to want a cold tank. Uh, ice cold big tank of water, and uh, the problem is, this is like a dunk tank. Yeah, so you want your tank, and the problem is your uh, your body's gonna know, and you want you need to not know when it's gonna come. You almost hence dunk tank. You need to startle the burn, so you're gonna want to sit on a small, almost diving board, uh, collapsible diving board at a at a school fair. Uh, could be, could be, or could be a regular fair. Well, if you don't have your own dunk tank, uh, you need to show up at one of these fairs, learn when one is. Yeah. As soon as the person does get dunked, you climb on next. Yeah. Before they can get back out of the water, you take the spot. And um, it helps to anger some of the people there. So they really want to come and pay their money and make sure they hit the target. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people have been catching on to this tip over the years. Right. Uh, so dunk tanks at the fair get pretty full because no one lets anybody out. They just keep climbing onto the chair one yes. after another. So it just fills up with people. So there's a bunch of people with burns. <laughs> and all in water riding. trying to climb over each other, trying to get a gasp of yeah, air. As the other people drop on top of them. Yeah. One after another. Uh, my final sunburn tip, uh, is uh, get a, a small, like, a, you know, a barbecue brush. And yes, you just I do. S- from barbecues. Yeah, from, uh, it would be from barbecues. Same genre as tongs. And you can kind of scrape it off your arm. Uh, if it is on your arm, if, say, it's on your shoulder, you can scrape it off your shoulder. And my final, uh, sunburn tip would just be, uh, burn it again, baby. Burn that burn. Okay. Cancel each other out. That's just math. Right. Two negatives equal a positive. Uh, Steve, speaking of negatives, would you like to start this show? Yes. The victim. Buffy John Kernsworth, found dead in a timpani drum. Today's guest, Gordon Nosegold, concert clarinetist. Gordon, hello. 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 How are you? I've been better. Yeah, because of, of the death of your fellow uh, concert... Uh, oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, what were you thinking of? I got a nasty parking ticket. How nasty. The, the message they wrote on it? It was covered in slime. 
But yes, my good friend Buffy John. No, uh, for a second, I just want to talk a little more about the parking ticket. Where were you parked? Oh, it served me right, honestly. I was parked in front of the public pool. <laughs> no, what do you mean in front of? Like on the deck? No, on the street. Even worse. <laughs> you were parked on the street in front of the public pool. Yes. Uh, you go into the pool. Yeah. For a few hours, you come out. Basically. Are you not allowed to park in front of the pool? The ticket would indicate no. Oh, you could still read the ticket. Yes, it was a clear slime, Vaseline. <laughs> but my friend, Buffy John. Yes, yeah, sorry, you are part of a con- concert symphony. Yes. Whereabouts? Boston. Boston Pops. The Boston Pops. Yeah, famous Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh, okay. So how many people are in this orchestra? Hundreds. <laughs> and you're, you're friends with all of them or, or more so with some? Well, you know, you know how it is in high school. Everyone kind of... Are you in high school? <laughs> is everyone in the Boston Pops in high school? Yes, it's extremely clicky. So right. we always... We You've stuck... got the jocks, the nerds yes, of the symphony. The, the teachers, the police. <laughs> no, by cliques you mean jobs. <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> so some of these people are police officers. <laughs> Is this like a part-time job? It's like a volunteer <laughs> philharmonic. There's no money in classical music anymore. Do you mind if I ask what your day job is? I wish you would. What is your day job, Gordon? I work reception at a dentist's office. <laughs> and, and just a, at night times you will go mm-hmm. do a jam at the Yeah, symphony. basically around... F- I, I work from nine to five generally, and at four I start to warm up my embouchure, because I, I know my days of talking at the dentist's office are nearing their end, and my days of blowing that horn are coming up. So you're warming up vocally in the dentist's office. That's right. What do you play in the band? I play clarinet. Right. So are you sucking on a reed in your dentist's office? Then? Yeah, basically all the time. Oh, all the 24 well, wet. Yeah, but Dr. Galumian is really good about that. He, he doesn't... He doesn't really mind if I do that at the front desk. Answering phones is... Hello? Yes. Because really, you know, not a lot of people are cold calling dentists' office. If they want to call, they're going to get through. Like, they they already have have an appointment in mind. Oh, so you don't... It's not like you have to phone people and try and convince them to come to a dentist. No, I thought that was my job for the longest (laughs) time. I used to just flip open the yellow pages and call businesses. Year into the job, Dr. Galumian said, this is not necessary and really takes away from your other responsibilities. (laughs) Well, at nighttime, you yeah, you go, you do this symphony. You are mm-hmm. a clarinetist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did uh, sorry uh, Buffy John play? Mm. Well, he had he wore two hats. He was the principal second violinist, and he was my manager uh, at the dentist's office. <laughs> no, my music career manager. Oh. oh, this is a professional and a personal loss for me. Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry. Thank you for saying that. So, uh, does that mean in charge of the timpani drum? What? The percussionist? Second violinist. Second violinist, sorry. (laughs) He was. So, does that mean in charge of the timpani drum? No, he was clear on the other side of the stage. Well, what does a violinist do? They basically spend most of their time playing violin or cold calling the yellow pages (laughs) to see what kind of businesses want to attend our concerts. (laughs) 
Oh, so you're mainly for like big company outings. Yeah, they're the only ones with any money anymore. If we can get a roofing company in there, we're sitting high on the hog. And you guys have to kind of like run a workshop to help the... Yeah, we yeah we basically, we kind of ask them if there's any inside jokes or what the name of the CEO is and kind of incorporate that into our songs. <laughs> into the classical music. Yeah. And how does that... Manifest itself. Well, like in two major ways. Uh, on the pa- on the program, instead of saying Beethoven's Ode to Joy, it may say Ode Ode to Neil, Head of Accounts <laughs> Processing. And then Neil sitting there, he thinks this whole song is for him. He's freaking blown away, man. <laughs> this is an unbelievable personal touch. It brings it's what brings audiences back to the theater. Then, of course, he comes back on a day unannounced, and he is not in the program and. <laughs> Serious, yeah. Because well, he's under the impression that every night you guys play an ode to him. Yeah, well, we keep saying we are your personal orchestra for life. Because not a lot of people follow through. That usually works out okay. <laughs> oh. uh, so, so as your manager, what does that uh, job entail? Oh, yeah. Oh, basically, you know... Um, have you ever seen a pop group or a rock and roll band play on The Tonight Show or oh, on yeah, Saturday Night Live? That's Actually, the only way I listen to music. Yeah. yeah. His job is basically to get me gigs like that. Um, Just you and, a, you and your clarinet? Yeah, yeah. On a on cavern. The on the, show. Yeah. <laughs> the curtains part. Johnny Carson says, here's a clarinet. And I come out and Not basically... your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, the clarinet's the star. You're just the vessel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just the tool that the clarinet uses to bring out those honky-tonk sounds. Oh, so <laughs> you play a lot of honky-tonk? Well, my solo work is mainly honky-tonk, and my capacity with Boston Pops, I play A lot I of little bars standards. around town? Yeah, basically, my, my songs go best with a big, tall beer. <laughs> so, so he tries to book you on these shows. Yes. Uh, what shows have you done? I've done Ellen about 15 times. <laughs> She'll like do her funky dance to the clarinet. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of steals my thunder a little bit, but she pays the good. So I cannot complain. So you are, you are the clarinet guy from Ellen. Yeah. I'm basically your house clarinetist. Well, so who's the, who's the guy uh, DJing? What's that guy's name? I do not pay attention to non-acoustic music. Oh, you write oh. it off completely. Yes. You bug me. Yeah. What do, how do you feel about podcasts? Uh, as long as they don't turn into music, I like them. Huh. It's kind of the opposite way I think about speaking. I don't listen to non-electronic speaking. Fair. So, uh, Buffy Kearns, your manager, how did you guys meet? Uh, you know how sometimes you have a, a, a classic friend from childhood that you kind of grow up across the street from? You feel like you go through every grade together. Steve and Eric, for example. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you feel like you go to every grade together, or you do go to every grade together? You do go to, and you feel it. If you're thinking back on the feelings you had, that's the case. And God, that was me and Buffy John. Really? You yeah. grew up across the street from each other. Was this in Boston? No! That's what made it so hilarious that we ended up there. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? Lexington, Massachusetts. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Just a couple of kids from the suburbs raining down hot, hot tunes. Who wanted to play in a concert orchestra and both ended up in Boston. But here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Growing up, our favorite orchestra was not the Boston Pops. Who was it? It was the Boston Philharmonic. (laughs) Now, what is the difference? Boston has two orchestras? Yeah. Have you ever seen the West Side Story, Jet Sharks kind of thing? Okay. It's like that. So you do not get along with the Philharmonic Orchestra? No, no, no. They're all white. We're all Puerto Rican. (laughs) Uh, And how does this uh, come to head? 
Like, uh, has this caused problems? Well, before? if you'll remember, the dance is neutral territory. <laughs> I do not know it that well. Oh, okay. Well, the dance is neutral territory. Okay. So being in high school, we all basically go to big dances in town, and we see them from the other side of the room. They see us. We dance a lot. Are they also in high school? Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, the, the same way they say that mathematicians don't really accomplish anything of note after the age of 25, it's the same with classical musicians. You peak as young, and then you crash hard. Right, so do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 16. Nice. Uh, how did you get a job working reception at a dentist's office full-time? Mm-hmm. Well, you, know, you ever heard stories about how people would fake their young age to join the draft? Uh, y- yeah, go fake not being so young so they can yeah. go, to, go to war? Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing as well. Uh, how so? <laughs> well, I faked. I lowered my age... I mean, I raised my age to go to war, and then I got discharged, came back, but everyone else still thought I was an adult. <laughs> How old are you telling people you are? I told people I, I you know, I, I fought in Afghanistan I, 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm telling people I'm in my late 40s. So does everyone think you should have crashed by now as a musician? I, this is part of the reason I want Ellen so much. I am a world record holder for the oldest good musician. <laughs> <laughs> At mid-40s. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me this is going to get out. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. You grew up together, uh, and mm-hmm. he is a violinist. Yes. Uh, by night. Yes. By day, what was he? Well, his way, I think he may have gotten into a spot of trouble. Well, he was your manager. Well, yes, that, but uh, that's not. That enough? was even later at night after our concerts. Oh, he wow. Would, he would call Ellen's producer jobs. in the middle of the night. And it would work. Yeah. It's like, get him. Get him on. And he, in the middle of the night, rolls up and just go, okay, well, yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> no, but I'm. I'm, I'm this is now that I say this, this is a red flag. I thought nothing of it at the time. His day job is he's a professional hitman. He's a professional hitman. <laughs> yeah. Well, violin case, that's good for that. Yeah. Okay, I gotta, he can hold two and one gun, has a gun in it. Put guns in there, yeah. I, I do want to clear something up because I am a little confused about the high school element of the orchestra. <laughs> uh, do They're you, all in high school with jobs. Yeah. Do you have to be in, enrolled in a high school to be in an orchestra? Well, I mean, you're okay. You're getting at kind of the seedy underbelly of the Boston Orchestra community. Beyond the race segregation for their orchestras. That's incidental. (laughs) Coincidence? Yeah. Technically, the the letter of the law is you need to be a currently enrolled member of high school. Okay. But there's so many online courses these Mm. days. Work from home. Yeah. Telecommunications. So what, what are you doing? In high school? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, I'm hoping to be elected senior vice president. <laughs> of the school? Yeah. Okay. I've got a lot on my plate. <laughs> this murder could not have come at a worse time. <laughs> it's election season. It's election season. <laughs> yes. Are there any, uh, I mean, this is a platform. If there's any, you know, uh, wait. This is the platform you can get out your platform. Mm, a platform for my platform. That's right. Much like the way the orchestra conductor stands on. A, a platform. Yes. Well, my. Uh, if you want votes, I mean, we might we might have. I want votes. Listeners from your high school. Why do you think I'm going on Ellen so much? I want her endorsement. So after you finish playing, you try and coax an endorsement out of yeah, her. Yeah, I say, Ellen, don't you think I would be good at doing high school? 
at doing high school. Well, I gotta lay the groundwork. She thinks I'm in my late forties. I can't just say, come out and say I'm running. So every time you go on Ellen, you warm her up to the idea slowly. So the first time is, don't you think I'd be good in high school? Yeah. What about the second time you went on Ellen? Boy, if you saw me around a pack of sixteen-year-olds, would that be the weirdest thing? (laughs) What'd she say to that? (laughs) She said, "Look, I love your music, dog, but I can't deal with these opinions." So I dialed it way back. My new strategy is I'm trying to convince her that I'm Benjamin buttoning it. Has she ever scared you? You know when she has those things pop out and scare people? Well, here's... Uh, yes, actually. I was recently on an episode with Aubrey Plaza. And Aubrey Plaza was promoting her wonderful new movie, Child's Play. A real update of the Chucky universe. Yeah. And I was sitting backstage watching The Monitor. And... Uh, they were loading this scary clown into a box to scare him, her. <laughs> and it scared you? Well, no. The scare went off fine. I was just watching on a monitor. It did nothing for me. But then I saw that guy at craft services after, and he's, he was speaking in a totally normal voice, like he wasn't a clown at all. That, that rocked me. Okay. So that freaked you out. So yeah. You stood behind ri- him grabbing a small sandwich. That honestly freaked me out. And he yeah. said, hey, how are you? Yeah. Well, uh, also, we interrupted, sorry. Uh, did you want to get out uh, a message to your constituents? Mm. Right. Okay, yes. Attention, what's up, what's up, Bartholomew J. Middle School. No, it's a middle school. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just call it that in Massachusetts. Oh, okay. It's because it's midway between birth and your 30s. <laughs> what's up, what's up, Bartholomew? Go Raven Cats. <laughs> This is Gordon (laughs) with an election promise. Vote for me on June 31st and I will institute taller hats. How tall are the hats right now? You wouldn't be you would be shocked at how low they are. And this is school uniform caps? Yeah. Newsboy caps. No, our graduation caps. They're basically flat on the head. You want a tall graduate? Yes, yes. I don't think that's too much to ask. Because a lot of people are bringing a change of... Like, often they go... Graduates go right from the ceremony to a kind of party or a prom or a dinner. And they have nowhere to store their change of clothes. (laughs) You want them to put them all in their hat? Yes. I've been running on this platform for 15 years. 15? (laughs) You're, You're only 16. Well, right out of the gate, I saw this as a problem coming down the highway. Uh, <laughs> the end of message? Oh, for now. Okay. I don't want to overwhelm them with radical proposals. Right. I'm already getting tired in the Boston papers. How are you doing in the running, mm. in the polls? Well, it's a pretty big candidate field. Oh, okay. Every student is forced to run. <laughs> How many kids are in your year? There's thousands. So is everyone at this middle school in the Boston Pops? No, gosh, no, just me. Oh, okay. It's a very elite kind of orchestra. There's hundreds of people in it. Yes. Yes, but there's tens of thousands of Boston high schools. That's true. That's true. So uh, you are selected for the Boston Pops. Mm -hmm. You go there, or you can be recruited as well by the Philharmonic Orchestra. That's true. You audition for the Pops, you get hunted by the Philharmonic, those bastards. And they force you to join? Well, they they offer you pay. Not much. But That's more more than you get. Yeah, you guys have to work a second job. Whoa. I'm not swayed. 
Well, I don't think you could join. Stop anyone. trying to convince me to join the Boston Philharmonic. They were your love growing up. Yeah. They used to play such groovy tunes. They were kind of the original punk rockers. Kurt Cobain on the cymbal. Dave Dave Grohl rocking the cello. Chris Novoselic grinding out that flute. It's like a weird offshoot Nirvana. Well, that was a long time ago. Let's let's talk about the day you found Buffy John. Sure. Uh, You said inside the drum. What were you doing near the drum in the first place? I keep candy in there. I'm supposed to be on a diet. My wife says I've just been ballooning up. You have a wife? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have a wife. Is she she in high school with you? Well, I had originally met her. What does she think you're in your 40s? Well, I met her in Afghanistan. I said I was in my 40s. She said she was in her 40s. So you did serve in Afghanistan 10 years ago. With with glowing honors. She said she was in her 40s. I said I was in my 40s. I said, well. Do you think she's someone who's lying about her age as well? Well, we've learned. She, we, on our plane back, she says, we, we better. Our, our flight was delayed landing at Boston Logan Airport. And she said, I got to get to school. And I said, I did a double take. I said, what? Because what, what? I said, I got to get to school, too. I've got calc. <laughs> and she said, wait a second. Are you six? And I said, yes. <laughs> you have she, said, she, said, <laughs> she said she was two. And then things really worked out <laughs> since then. <laughs> so she's currently 12, your wife. No, she's my age. She's 16. This is 10 years ago. She was two. Yeah. No, T O O. She was six oh, as well. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. A, that's a good classic vaudeville mix-up. That was. That yes. Who is on first? What? Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> huh? I love that sketch. Who's on first? What? <laughs> Someone's on first. How'd they get there? So you were going to the drum to get some of your candy. Yes. We won't tell your wife. Oh, thank so you. So sneaking it bef- pre-show? Or? Yeah. Mm. I get so nervous before shows, especially we had a big corporate client here this yeah, time. Who was there? Company. We, uh, we'd moved up a little bit into the sky. It was Goodyear Blimps. <laughs> Goodyear Blimps? Yeah. The company that specifically makes Goodyear Blimps? This yeah, is not make, Goodyear. No, is they it? make the Blimps for Goodyear. Their name's Henderson's Blimp Company. <laughs> They're the biggest employer on the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> and so they were as in the. <laughs> they the hire the most employees. employees. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, pretty ironic that their name is Henderson Blimps. <laughs> it's so so interesting how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so you had all these Henderson Blimps coming in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the night uh, yes. so you were nervous you decide to sneak some candy yes. you go over to the drum yes uh, uh, how do you open a timpani drum knife straight through the top <laughs> so, <laughs> so before every show you ruin the timpani drum yes. percussionist comes in every time and is like what the hell well they know by now they bring their fresh new skin they come in 30 minutes early they put up with me because I'm such a popular guy in the band so you could just put your 
You could ask them to maybe hold on to your candy or something. You could hide Get it somewhere else. Get their sweaty fingers on it? <laughs> okay. No, thank you. I mean, instead of destroying a skin every time. So you go over there, prepare two skins, rip it open. Because I have to cut at night to put candy in for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> then it should already be cut when you show up the next day. Or it's like someone coming in at night to reskin yeah, it. Yeah, the overnight crew. <laughs> They're the ones who record orchestra music for movies and things like that. Right. So yeah. uh, the la- the night before, you had cut it open, mm-hmm. stored your candy in there, mm-hmm. left. Everything was normal. Everything was incredibly normal. So uh, before the show, you go. Uh, was it reskinned? Y- yes. So you cut it open. I cut it open and I see a top of a head, and I walk away. I said, "I know this. This is Buffy John, and he's dead." <laughs> I was. I couldn't be contained. I screamed. This is my friend. This is my manager. Yeah. So you saw the top of his head. Any sign of wound? Any sign of wound? Yeah, that's it. He wasn't breathing out of it. Out of the the top top of of his head. head. Yeah. Which he normally is. Normally, he's unusual. Normally, he's unusual. (laughs) But he was very usual. (laughs) Today, he was usual. Yeah. He was definitely being really, really normal. So I thought something was wrong immediately. Did you go? Okay. So you scream, you run around. Did you go back to the drum? Yes. And then I checked, took his vitals and checked everything and he was gone. Oh my God. So it just crumpled up inside the drum? Yeah. Like he'd been stuffed there by somebody not on their way to a vacation where everything is folded nice, but on their way back when they don't really care. It's all going in the laundry anyways. They just got to make sure that zipper closes. So he was dirty. Really dirty. Warm. Covered in sand, like he'd oh. been enjoyed at the beach. Not, he say, been, not he'd been enjoyed. He'd enjoyed himself at the beach. Did he say he was going somewhere? Yes, he said he was going to the beach. Oh, okay, so that he did make <laughs> yeah. it to the beach. Well, we think so. But you don't. Someone know. dumped sand on him. I thought it was a risky proposition before. Do you know anything about Boston beaches? No. no. They're called the most famous dangerous place. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> okay. If it's not one thing, it's another. Lightning strike, murder, whale attacks. I've never been. So I've never still seen water. tea floating around in the water? Yeah, lots of it. It tastes delicious down there. <laughs> <laughs> so he had gone and maybe something had happened to him at the world's most dangerous beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a hitman, lest we forget. Oh, yeah, that is true, and I did forget. <laughs> yeah, he's a professional hitman. Really, really good at it. But made he's many going, enemies. Was he going, did he, yeah, he was going for pleasure or business. for a hit? Well, he originally had to do a hit, but he's like, I'll go a couple hours early, get some rays, suck on a Mai Tai. <laughs> suck on his tie? A Mai Tai. Oh, okay. He took your tie with him to suck on. Yeah. And I don't begrudge him that. He's unusual. <laughs> Which is normal. No, totally so normal. He was, a, he was at least on the beach for business. <coughs> yes. Wow. Do you, do you know anything about that, or does he kind of keep that secret? Um... Well, I didn't want to bring this up. It, it paints me in a bit of a bad light, but I recently broke into his apartment and read his secret journal. And it really laid... Well, you have to understand, I was, being, I was very suspicious of him at the time. Suspicious of what? I started to think he was only calling Ellen. I'm a really talented clarinetist, and I couldn't get on... I didn't even get an offer for the Super Bowl halftime show. Right. I, they didn't offer to put me in space and make me first musician there. Well, Chris Hadfield already got you beat. What do you play up there? Sax? Guitar. No, sax. Sax. Uh, It's all the same to me. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not a clear net, you don't know what it is. No. But I was was feeling like he was maybe not doing his manager's job well. So you found his secret journal? It wasn't easy to find, but I found it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, well I, good job. I walked into, <laughs> yeah, I did a really good job. Well, I walked into his kitchen and I looked around and I saw fridge, uh, icebox, sounds microwave. Like, sounds like a kitchen. So I was looking around and then I worked, I, I double talked and went, Looked at the microwave and I said, "When have I ever known Buffy John to eat anything that wasn't bone cold?" <laughs> bone cold. <laughs> so I squirtled. You <laughs> squirtled your way in. I squirtled my way over some there. Some kind of water attack. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I opened the microwave. Sure enough, it was a dummy. It was like a fake book that you put jewels in, but it was a fake microwave that you put a book in. <laughs> Which probably, probably didn't work very well because a microwave has that clear window. No, <laughs> I could see it from a mile away. <laughs> wasn't even really down to it. If I, even if I didn't know him that well and know what he eats, I could have just seen, oh, that there's a book in that microwave. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so you open up the microwave, you grab the journal. Yes. And I was going to just, uh, I was just leafing through it looking for m- mentions of my name or of Ellen's name. But then I kept seeing... Hitman target, so-and-so, for this reason at this time. Hitman target, blah, blah, blah. More of a hitman log than really a record of his misdoings in our professional career. Yeah, this isn't really even a journal. No, kind of a business ledger. Yeah. But he did write, he did write Dear Diary at the start of every entry. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the latest one about the beach. Yes. Did you manage to catch it? I did. And here's here's what I was really surprised by what it said. It said... Assassin target, Lenore Gumman. Now, why is that surprising? Oh, you guys really don't know a lot about classical music. No. Lenore Gumman is the conductor of our own Boston Pops Orchestra. We'll be right back. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, we are back. I gotta Steve, go. I'm guessing you're sunburnt. No. No? I gotta figure out what the name of that DJ is on Ellen. Ugh. Oh, okay. I think it's Flick? I don't remember. I'm gonna go well, if it, it makes you feel any better, I think you're the only one concerned about it. Yeah. So listeners at home are pulling their hair out, waiting for me to figure this out. <laughs> well, I, I hope it's a success. Uh, thanks, bye. Uh, we are still here, however, uh, with Gordon Nosegold. Hello. You are a concert clarinetist mm-hmm. with the Boston Pops. Mm-hmm. Uh, an orchestra made entirely out of high schoolers. Yes, I'm a concert clarinetist. I work reception at a dentist's office. I'm running for high school vice president. I'm married yes. to a 16-year-old. I'm also 16. Uh, but everyone thinks you're in your 40s. Everybody does. I'm, um, you know, people keep saying I, one of these days I'm going to get an AARP award. <laughs> uh, your uh, orchestra uh, is in direct competition with the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. That's right. All white, as you are all Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sad reflection of the state of our country <laughs> um, They pay people, yours doesn't mm-hmm. uh, You had a big company coming in mm-hmm. uh, Henderson's Blimps, who makes the Goodyear Blimps And they're all fat <laughs> uh, So before the show, you were going into the timpani uh, For your stash of candy Yes. Uh, every night you cut it open Put candy in there mm-hmm. Uh, then overnight it gets reskinned by the night crew. Uh, then the next day you <laughs> cut it open again right before your show. Have some candy to calm your nerves, mm-hmm. uh, and then the timpani player has to come in to reskin it. Uh, however, this day when you cut it open right before the show, uh, you find the body of Buffy John Kernsworth uh, crumpled up, top top of the head. The first part you see, yeah. you scream and run around. Oh, John! It is not breathing. No. You come back, uh, Buffy John, of course. Also a hitman. 
Mm-hmm. Also your manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had broken into his house mm-hmm. to find his secret diary mm-hmm. in a microwave. In mm-hmm. a fake microwave. Yeah. <laughs> or could be a real microwave. No, I tried to go heat up some chili in that after. It did not work at all. <laughs> in a fake microwave. Yeah. Uh, read, the, read the journal. Uh, the latest hit uh, that you knew Buffy was going to go to the beach to do. Uh, was Lenore Gummin, Lenore, your conductor. The conductor of our orchestra. Uh, he was covered in sand in the timpani drum, so it implied he did go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was a success or not, we don't know. Uh, but back and crumbled up. Uh, was Lenore at the show that night? Oh. So that, I guess, will imply whether it was a successful mission or not. Lenore wouldn't miss a show. Except for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lenore was not there. No. We had to have the uh, assistant conductor step in. A you look devilish, disgusted. A devilish fellow by the name of Gronk Bleeman. Is that football player Gronk? No, no, no. You're thinking of Wayne Brady. <laughs> Wayne Brady? From <laughs> whose line is it anyways? Oh, I was thinking of the wrong person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, Hello. Okay, uh, hello. Sit. Uh, uh, hi, sir. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I'll give some applause. I love classical music. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all for coming. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, you you came. Thank you. You all just arrived. For coming. You walked in singing. <clears throat> Who are you? Quite the clarinet. We have quite the clarinetist over here. Ah, I know a pops man when I see one. <laughs> no. Okay. A cinema man. Mm. You are, uh, uh, you do music scores. It's me, John Williams. Oh. Oh. John Williams, what brings you here? I'm here to help. <gasps> you knew what we were doing. Of course. John Williams knows it, knows it all. Yeah. Wow. Well, first of all, this is an honor. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A dismissive shrug from John Williams. I uh, do this shit all the time. Lay it down for solve me, Solve murders? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hell in the yeah. in the orchestra business, we call John Williams the Sherlock Holmes of, of murder solving, like Sherlock Holmes does. Yeah, yeah, and he lives at two twenty one B Baker Street, Boston. Just a coincidence, <laughs> just a coincidence. But I own it. So, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure out what happened to Buffy John. Have you guys Kernsworth. seen Jaws? No, is it good? I've seen Jaws. It was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That, that's all you wanted from that. That's all I needed to gas me up for the next bit. Okay, uh, my question has been forgotten. Same. Uh, What's going on? We're ch- I thought you knew. An orchestra man dead. Yes. That's what I know. So, a, are, a lead second violinist, no, John. a lead? Yes. Not the backup second violinist? No, no, not a no, vice or a no. skip? Fuck. No. Fuck. He was right in the light of it. He was in the light of it. Oh, John. You know, Buffy John's a nickname. What's his real name? His name's John. Oh, okay. Fan of Buffy. Big fan of Buffy. I didn't do the score for that. Oh, sorry. Never seen it. 
Yeah, he got really into Buffy, and his arms got really big and buffy. And then we called him Buffy. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, if he's a music man, he deserves to be alive. Playing well into his 20s. Yeah, well into his 20s. Was he also (laughs) lying about his age? (laughs) What? Was he also lying about his age? Okay, yes. Buffy John was... Just a teen. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want. He had lied about his age to try and go fight a war, a more recent one. But one didn't really materialize, so he came back home. But so everyone thought he was older. Everyone thought he was older, oh, yeah. no, I took one look at him. I knew. Are you... I stopped by the coroners. I, I said, you question. let me in here. As a member of an orchestra... Go on and ask your question. Nope, no worries. As a member uh, of an orchestra, are you also wow. kind of lying about your age? Leader of an orchestra. Okay. Which you can be at any age. Oh, okay. And that's, that's what makes me eternal. Mm-hmm. Much like a gang, we have a leader. As Riff was the leader of the Jets, and Bernardo was the leader of the Sharks. Uh, yours is, I guess, was Lenore? It was Lenore Gummon. Ah. Well, could still be, though she didn't come to the concert. Because she's dead. You knew. Ah, uh, yes. What happened to Lenore? Found her on the beach. Oh, it's a dangerous beach. Yeah, it's a dangerous beach. What looked like happened? There. I'm the Sherlock Holmes of the music world. Well, what looked like happened? I saw a man nearby. I saw a couple of speckled crumbs on his jacket, and I said to myself, "Here's a man who's addicted to candy. He sees that candy, and he can't help but have a taste." So I knew that he was coming there to grab the candy that day. What was he doing near down by the boardwalk? I noticed on the bottoms of his feet small red marks. He'd been walking barefoot along the boardwalk. Clearly, I'm prepared to be on the boardwalk that day. He'd went out of his normal route. He'd just gone for the candy bar, not down to the boardwalk. So he'd gone there. There'd been a scuffle. I could see in the sand that had been parted slightly. He'd been fighting along with this woman. He was trying to be casual and walk nearby, stay around, stick around the scene of the crime. But no, I knew that he was doing that as a ruse, not running away, and so I knew it was him. It was the man in the boardwalk. So, Buffy John did in fact get in a fight with Lenore on the beach? No. No, no this is Buffy not Buffy jo- John. Buffy John never ate candy. No. Oh, okay. Candy's room no, this temperature. is a boardwalk man. This is a boardwalk man. I had him arrested immediately. He's arrested? Yeah, no problem. Who, what, what? The case is solved? Wait, no, no, who killed Buffy John? Oh, I don't know that. I'm talking about Lenore. I went to the body on the beach and I figured it out. Okay, so Lenore had been killed by somebody else. Somebody who liked candy. Oh, yeah, Boardwalk Man. Didn't need his name. I knew who it was immediately. I said, arrest this man. Okay. They put him away. Wow, so that means that Buffy John never got to his target. Why was he so sandy? Well, he got to the beach just to find her dead, it sounds like. Oh. oh well, wait one freaking second. Okay. If Alrighty. this boardwalk man liked candy, I know everybody in town who likes candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we already know we're not trying to figure out boardwalk man. There is truly too much going on. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, let's focus on my friend. Boardwalk yeah. man was <laughs> don't. Okay. He was a hitman. Oh. And he killed Lenore. All right. So let's uh, just uh, suffice it to say, Lenore is dead. We know who did it. Yes. We can yes. focus on that Buffy John. That one's wrapped up in and a nice little bow. we know it wasn't Buffy John. Thanks to no. me. Because Buffy John only ate cold-ass food, unlike that candy. Bone cold. Bone cold food. Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to Buffy John. When you went back to the timpani drum to see him covered in sand, mm-hmm. did it look like there were any wounds on his body? Tons of them. 
What looked like happened? He was found in the timpani. How yeah. is that possible? I reskinned the timpani the night before with your candy inside. Wait, this whole time I've been leaving you to reskin my timpani? First man in, last man to leave. Leader of the band. Wow. Um, so let's get us into this timeline then. Yeah. So he wasn't in when you showed up at night. No. No. And it was cut open for you. You put your candy in. And then you reskin, and usually you're the one who reskins it. Uh, and then yes. by the time you got to it again, it had been reskinned with him inside. But there's a big chunk of time between when. Well, that's beach time, baby. Well, b- b- between when they record or movie music overnight and when we show up in the evening, because I'm working at the dentist's office all day. <laughs> and you go to high school, I assume. You must. Yeah. As a man of your age. I go and I go to enough classes to be eligible to win this election. <laughs> and here's oh. the second part of my platform, Raven Cats. Going out to Bartholomew Middle, official home of the hardest food. <laughs> okay, Bartholomew Middle. Smooth. Listen up. Your high school is the hottest food? That's what's happening? Yeah. Oh, John would have hated it. I know. We didn't go to the same high school. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. We were all in the same classes. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were the only one from your high school that was in the van. <laughs> your story's for holes. Let's get to the second part of your message here. Oh, yes. Uh, no. <laughs> please. <laughs> All right, Bartholomew Middle. <laughs> Raven cats, listen up. It's your cat daddy, Gordon, talking. Um, hey, everybody. Thinking about college in the fall. My platform is this. Don't bother. Come on back for 10 more years. 14 years of high school. Bringing to you live from platform election. <laughs> So your platform is to never leave high school. But when we do graduate, have big tall hats. <laughs> Got it. Good, good, good. All right. Back to Bobby John. Yes. Hundreds of wounds all over his body. Mm-hmm. From what? Looks like he had been, um, how do you say, uh, shot with a gun? Several times. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And then, again, someone else who knew how to reskin the That's timpani. That's my thinking. That's what can really narrow this down. Who knows how to reskin a timpani? Well, not anyone who's a hunter. They only know how to remove skin. All right, so we can rule out hunters. <laughs> Gatherers is what we're looking for, then. <laughs> okay, so it would be, I guess, the person who plays the timpani would know how to reskin. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. There's not you. in my band. He was there. Sorry? I well, he was there all night. I saw him in the performance, doing music for John Wick Four, and he would boom, 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 boom. Right. Boom, this boom, is and oh, then left at the. That end sounds of the night. like a really propulsive beat. You're damn right. And he left at the end of the night. So the, that the one in your band, but the one in your band, the one in my band, always mm. shows up earlier than I do because he's got to iron his pants because his kids monopolize the ironing board at home. <laughs> so he's got to use the work ironing board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in high school. He has kids. <laughs> Okay, so he always arrives earlier. Can you tell me about him? Sure. His name is Vince Beasles. And uh, he's always been a little hard to read, you know? I mean, just person to person. His novels are wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) That's his day job. Yeah, he's an award-winning novelist. He's won back-to-back bookers, baby. (laughs) Okay. But, uh... Yeah, I never quite knew where we stood. I mean, he was a good guy. He let me hide my candy in there and was quick to reskin the timpani. But uh, 
I've never really felt like we were close friends. Quick to reskin, you say? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a skill. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also, it sounds like the leader of the band knows how to reskin. Because you do. Oh, I do. Uh, so yes. that means Lenore Gun oh, and Oh, interesting. And does Gronk have that skill as well? Wow. Who is, of course, a Wayne Brady-like figure. We've a lot of members of this orchestra. They're, again, too much. There, there's too much stuff, and it's hard, but I'm tr- trying my best. Gronk is your, your backup conductor, is this right? Yes. yes. I understand. Yes. In the interests of easing things up, he does not know how to skin a drum. So we're back down to just Vince Beasles. Yes. Or Lenore, but or, she's dead on the beach. Yes. Right. Killed by another hitman. Maybe on second thought, Gronk does know how to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so at this point, obviously, my suspicions rest with Vince Beasles or maybe Gronk if he does know how to reskin. Uh, Gronk has the motivation, but Beasles has the skill. Yes. Perhaps they were in cahoots. Yes, Gronk definitely has the motivation for getting the via- getting my friend Buffy to kill Lenore, because then he's the conductor of Boston Pops. But here's what I suspect. I suspect that Buffy didn't have the balls to kill Lenore, mm. and that's why a second hitman, Boardwalk Man, was brought in to do the job. Well, Hastily that, brought in, that is. That is true about, about Buffy. One time we were watching The Price is Right, and Bob Barker said, remember to spay or neuter your pets, and he said, well, if it's good for pets, it's good for me. He tell cut- me he literally cut off his own balls. <laughs> yes, in the interest of keeping down pet populations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So it's possible that he didn't have the gumption to do this. But wait. <laughs> oh, no. So. <laughs> what? So Gron- Gronk had to take him out. Right. That way, uh, uh, Lenore would certainly have the job done and Lenore's killed. Yes. So then, if he got Buffy... Then he gets bumped up to, to, to leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Gronk wanted Lenore dead to become leader. Yes. Didn't believe that Buffy would be a good enough man, hitman to do it. Right. So killed him. Right, because only one. Only, you can only bring in a new hitman once the other the one's, one's been dead. Killed. Yeah, That's of right. course. That's the hitman code. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm working on John Wick Four, baby. Let me tell you. Bom 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 bom. You know, well, you're not. You know what? You shouldn't actually know that yet. You shouldn't know the score. Yet. Yeah, major spoiler. You did spoil it. You spoiled it. I know, it but I'm saying just. And it's know, so catchy. Keep it on the down low. It's so catchy. And you know what he's doing? You know what he's doing at that point? He's driving. Whoa! He's grabbing. He's driving. He's driving. He's also grabbing. The wheel. Yeah. yeah. Tight. And the brake. He's grabbing the brake pedal. He's grabbing the brake. So he's got one hand on the wheel, one hand to reach down. He's trying to push the pedals. John Wick famously does not know how to drive a car. No. But this is neither here nor there. <laughs> neither is anything. <laughs> so I think it's cahoots. I think it's Gronk and it's Vincent Price or whatever you said. Beasles. That's it. It might not even be Beasles. This well, he knew how to skin. So did Gronk, maybe. Oh, okay, never mind. Just and Gronk. there were there were as many as five fat blimp makers who knew how to, who had the skills. Oh, of course, to skin a blimp. <laughs> yeah, they know how yeah. to skin a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing, but again, none of that matters because we think Gronk knows. Well, what time are we at? Where Gronk knows? Oh, Gronk knows. Got it. Ah, uh, well, it's sad that my friend died, but what's even sadder? Is that it sounds like the orchestra might be coming to an end. Why? Graduation's right around the corner. Not if you win. No, I'm not going to win. I'm 3,712th in the polls. Yeah, so I'll be, going to co- I'll be going off to college next year. Well, 
I'll send you off with a fond farewell. Hmm. Raven Cats, we've had a good run. The food fights. The science classes. The, uh, you know, the spirit weeks, the backwards clothes days, the football games, the late night popcorn movies. But just remember this when we're off in the future. We can do anything, you know. There's no dream too big for a person from our school. Look at me, even. I'm in the orchestra. I'm a close personal friend of Ellen DeGeneres' manager. And I'm a dental hygienist. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And that wraps up another successful episode of Killed to That. I want to thank Matt Probst for doing our theme song. You can rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, subscribe to us there, check out the Sonar Podcast Network. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a murder, you can tweet at us at K2DPod. Yeah. Or I'm back. email us at killedtodeathpodcast at gmail.com. It's true. Uh, it's Twitch. Sorry? Twitch is her DJ. Uh, and do you have anything you'd like people to check out? I know you've got a lot of stuff on the go. <laughs> do you want to add one more? Sure. Uh, my my roommate does improv. You can follow at Reese Naylor on Instagram. Great. And uh, John Williams, uh, would you say your defining bit was detective work or the singing? For this for this episode or in life? For this episode. Uh, this episode. I think the singing was probably landed better. <laughs> so uh, do, would you like to would you oh, like plug, to plug that? Plug the singing. Yeah. Well, no, no, listen to the actual band do it. That's just how I conduct them. I sing along with them. <laughs> you say what they should be playing. I sing it first, they'd play it to me. Uh, and sometimes it's accidentally left in the score. Oh, sometimes, yeah. Well, last minute hastily, that's the rough track laid down, is just my voice. Yeah. So John Wick 2 sounded interesting. Yeah, it was just me going, Watch out, John. Here comes the well, As he is under the, the dashboard, pressing I get into it sometimes, and as I'm watching it, I go, Oh, no! John, no! Watch out! So that kind of... <laughs> that is in the score. That's in the scratch track, and it's sometimes you'll hear it in the movie, unfortunately. All right. Keep your stick on the ice. Killed to Death is produced and engineered by Steve Cook and Griffin Toplitsky. Special thanks to Katie Lore, Matt Probst, and Tom Shank. Rate and subscribe on iTunes and like Kill to Death on Facebook so they know how to value their worth as human beings. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 